Hello and welcome to the Nationals Business Podcast. I'm Andy Scott and my co-host is Mustafa Alrawi, the business editor here at the National. Today, are we going to see an e-commerce heavyweight battle? This week, we saw Noon.com, the brainchild of Emar chairman Mohammed Alabar. It was set up with a billion dollar funding, half from 60 private investors and half from the Saudi private investment fund. And in the other corner, we've possibly got Amazon sitting there. A couple of their high-profile executives from their merger and acquisitions team were in Souk.com Fulfillment Centre this week. We don't know why they were there. We can only hazard a guess. Souk have been hawking a stake in their company for the last couple of months. We're looking at the central bank governor of the UAE saying there will be GDP growth next year. It might not be what, we, what, what we we're all looking for, but it is growth. And finally, will the strong dollar have another hard hit against the property market across the UAE? So, Mustafa, let's pop back to e-commerce. This week, as I said, Mohamed Alibar, the chairman of MR, he is a retailer at heart. He has Dubai Mal, by some metrics, the world's biggest mal, and yet... He's betting on an e-commerce future. He's put his own money and with a team from the GCC and $500 million from the Saudi Private Investment Fund, as I said earlier, which is basically Saudi government. Uh, They're backing uh, this e-commerce platform called Noon.com, which will have 20 million products on it. If they can deliver on that promise, it will stand to be the Goliath, the silverback gorilla in the e-commerce sector across the region. At first, they're only facing facing the UAE and Saudi Arabia, but they plan to roll it out as and when they see fit. Now, soup.com, of course, they've been around since about 10, 11 years now. Um, They've got about 2 million products on on, on their uh, platform uh, with about 13,000 independent uh, merchants also sitting there. They've been the de facto leader uh, in the e-commerce sector so far. 78% of transactions right across the region, uh, e-commerce transactions, go through Souk. They are that powerful. When I spoke to Mr. Mushua last night, he said to me, listen, there is room for everyone. He was very sanguine about it. He said, he said just like when a new mall opens, malls thrive. They, 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 they have their local, uh, uh, they have the, the, the local clientele who will use it. People will still use it. They, it's close to them. They, people stay with what they know. I'm not sure about that. I think Noon.com, if they do what they say they do, providing such a wealth of different products, People may just have to go there rather than bother looking at Souk first. Well, let's say we know for sure the consumer will be the winner uh, when this happens because uh, for quite a long time, there has been limited choice when it comes to retail, both in terms of uh, actual malls and shops uh, on the high street, if you will, and also online. So you're talking about, like you said, sort of a 10 times uh, growth in scale in terms of what's available in the region. So... Let's say pricing, product options, all of that expands. Great. That's the maturity of the retail market for us. Uh, It encourages more spending uh, overall, perhaps more on the online segment than in the actual segment. But if you look at it's a virtuous circle in the end. Uh, As long as spending goes up, uh, the quality 
retailers, the quality products will continue to see spending. And perhaps there's some fatigue on the part of consumers um, in recent years who've been fed the same diet of sort of luxury, um, you know, common high street brands and, you know, too much uh, inconvenience, stuck in traffic, going to crowded malls. Lately, it hasn't been a pleasant pleasant experience. Let's not say the expense as well. I mean, that's what drives e-commerce in in more mature markets, the fact that it's generally cheaper. But, let, but let's leave the UAE to one side for a moment because the UAE is probably the most mature retail market in the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look at Saudi Arabia and what this does for that yeah. country. Yeah. So the National Transformation Plan, which uh, the Deputy Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has been championing for some time, looks at diversifying the economy. One of the underserved and, and you know, underutilized sectors, if you like, is retail. What's the fastest way to ramp up retail? Yep, yeah, go e-commerce. Exactly. So creating jobs, there'll be two fulfillment centers in Saudi, we know. The headquarters of Noon.com will be in Saudi Arabia. Immediately jobs, immediate uptick for the whole retail sector. Arguably, the impact will be much bigger there than it will be here. Well, uh, when you say impact, the impact on the country and uh, and people's access to products, I agree. But I think the impact might be far more reaching here. We have a lot of bricks and mortar miles here. They rely on people. While they are entertainment centres, they are um, they are communities. They are community centres. But retailers and people need people to buy products. Well, you you in your story that you wrote um, when you were down at the launch event on Sunday, uh, you indicated that uh, some of these twenty million products would include food and beverage options. Yes, correct. True, yes. How many? And I, I'm speculating here, but you know, allow me, indulge me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how many food and beverage operators are suffering right now? You've written about they, that. Yeah. As well. Oh, yes. Well, twenty to thirty. Okay. Let's say. Now, if, as you, as, you, as you indicated in your story, that perhaps some of these products on offer will be food and beverage options, delivery, uh, you know, yeah, ordering. Yeah, services which you might not usually expect on, a, uh, exactly. on Amazon. Yeah. yeah, would that not be a boost for the food and beverage sector in the UAE that needs a boost, right? You're talking about, you know, a mass scale equivalent to Deliveroo and Fetcher sure. and all that I know, kind of I'm stuff. Not sure. I'm sorry to talk over you there, but I think it's cannibalizing the market. It's eating itself rather than creating a market. I, and I love the fact that we've got different viewpoints on this genuinely. And we didn't do this, you know, to set up an interesting <laughs> conversation. I think we, we are opposites. And God it, forbid we'd have an interesting conversation. And, and when things kick off in January, uh, as it's scheduled to for Noon.com, we'll very quickly begin to see, you know, the impact. And, and let's not forget, um, you know, you spoke to Souk.com's uh, Ronaldo Moshawar, but also uh, the big... Uh, Physical retailers like Al Shire Group and Majid Al Fatame and Al Fatame mm-hmm. and all these guys probably stand to lose in the in the early days much more than the other online players. If if the likes of Noon.com um, sort of evangelizes a whole new group of online shoppers, that should be to the benefit of Souk. I think you're right. I think it will. And, and I have spoken to a few other uh, smaller players, and they say. Anything that brings the attention to the e-commerce market has got to be good. And there's lots of uh, smaller players in the UK and, and the States, like Mr. Draper, people who do personalized yeah. uh, fit, uh, fittings for, for, uh, for fashion and, uh, and hosiery and stuff. Okay. It's, 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 it's something which is... Let me, let me paint you another picture then. Okay. Okay. And, and this, this harks back it's to the whole, artistic. Yeah, the, the, the whole idea of, um, of the Saudi transformation plan and, and this feeding into that. But also um, Dubai and Mohammed Alibar is, is, a, is a stalwart of the Dubai um, economic uh, miracle, if you like. Without a doubt. Yeah, he, he, he went to Singapore many years ago and saw what they did in 
came back galvanized the Dubai shopping festival, Dubai duty free, all of that. He knows what he's doing. Imar, which has huge retail operations. Dubai don't do anything to cannibalize their own business. They only do stuff to grow there. You've got to, you've got to back them when it comes to it. He wouldn't have done this if he didn't think that ultimately it would serve the greater purpose, which is bigger online commerce, more entrepreneurs, more small businesses, more people filling up all the space uh, that is currently being built in Dubai in terms of offices and apartments and all of that. So in the short term, I agree with you, there might be some pain. But in the long run, you're talking about growing the economy. Well, yeah, I accept. I asked Mr. Alibar this directly. I said, aren't you cannibalizing your own business? Uh, because, of course, he owns at least three malls. Um, through, through EMR, not yeah, personally. Yeah, three, no, 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 no. But uh, Dubai Mall, the world's biggest mall by some metrics. Marina Mall, in, it was smack bang and demur, but Dubai Marina. Yeah, huge malls. And he said, and he's opening up the world's second biggest mall for, the, for 2020. Yeah. He said, somebody who's going to do it, I might as well be the one to do it. He's basically admitting that the future is coming. Winter is coming, as that show we all know says. Yeah. And, and to him, he's saying, no, I'm the summer. It's I'm a, the summer. It's a bit of a throwaway comment, I think, for, on, on Thank his you. part. It's like an, oh, easy, yeah. an easy way to knock back um, you know, the natural skepti skepticism. But you know, the, the, the truth is, is that any kind of investment at that scale of a billion dollars you're talking about across Saudi and the UAE in this space is going to end up having a trickle down effect. You know, this money isn't going out of the of the region. It's actually going to be circulating within, you know, these two big economies and perhaps beyond that. That's true. That, that's true. And I, I don't know whether it will. These are the amount of these uh, new products. I mean, there's usually about one and a half million products in a mile. So they've got 20 million. So right. that's what? 10 new miles. And, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a political element to this, um, which yes. intrigues me the most because, you know, that's what I like. I like yeah. sort of the pretending I know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, but the, the fact is, is that you're talking about a Saudi-UAE joint venture here, which is significant. Doesn't ha hasn't happened a lot, but it's the right way to go about it. Yeah. You Brothers in arms, I think, in this Well, case. I mean, everybody's suffering from the low oil price. Yeah. And, you know, they, politically they're closer and why not economically as well? And uh, Mohammed Alibar is the face of it. Uh, the Saudis are putting up half the money. Uh, a group of un undisclosed investors, you assume a lot of them from the UAE, uh, perhaps Abu Dhabi as well. There may be an element of an Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Saudi kind of triumvirate here, which is pretty hard to beat. And will we see more of that going forward? Uh, we, well, we will see. Listen, we we'll have to uh, rattle on here because uh, Central Bank Governor UAE said we are going to see GDP growth next year. This year is 2.2%. Uh, it's only 2.4%, they're su suggesting. But, hey, that's growth. That's got to be good. Yeah, it is. I mean, growth 2.4% growth next year, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's not, you know, fantastic, but we can live with it. But, I mean, how many businesses have been budgeting according to those growth figures last year, this year, you'd hope that many had come to terms with a new reality. However, in this post Donald Trump world, um, where people are expecting yields to rise, you know, perhaps we could also see um, a bit of inflation, bit of growth rates picking up next year, maybe we'll see that forecast as being perhaps conservative. So let's say at worst, we're looking at 2.4%, maybe we hit three, 3.1. It's still not what we used to remember, we're coming from historically, a much higher base. You know, it, it's it's hard, especially, you know, you think about retailers, property, um, you know, all these kind of, kind of industries that depend on, on, on much faster growth levels, uh, especially when we want, you know, higher demographics. That It's still going to be a hard year next year. I know. I still think it's uh, hunker down and make sure that we're all still 
still here the year after. That's yeah, it. but the, the smart people will invest, of course. Yeah. You know, the really smart people if will put, them, put their money smart. because, you know, we all believe in, the, like you said, if we all believe in, in Dubai and the, the wider region, then, you know, we have to put our money where our mouth is. Okay, and lastly, the strong dollar. What's it going to do to the UAE property market? Well, it doesn't say, it, at, first, it, at first, it doesn't look as though it's going to help it anyway. Well, it's Michael Fahey's story today just saying that, you know, we, we've been calling um, the bottom of the property market for some time here at the National, um, but perhaps the stronger dollar effect following Donald Trump's election uh, win and uh, subsequent slump in treasuries and, and bonds around the world and the expectation of a, of a Fed rate rise uh, next month uh, has meant that the dollar is strengthened more than perhaps expected. So that's a bit of a bearish indicator for Dubai property because it becomes relatively more expensive for people from with currencies that are not pegged to the dollar. But it's a soft market getting softer. Yes. So maybe we'll trace the bottom for a bit, a bit longer than we thought. But, you know, the fundamentals are there, right? But, um, you know, not, the, the truth is, is that um, we have been at this level for some time. And I wonder who, who, I think it was a very brave person who actually, it's, it's one thing for us as journalists to say, oh, it's the bottom. We got nothing to lose. <laughs> But it's yes. a, you know it's a brave investor or a brave developer that kind of says you know what I'm I'm going to go against that against the fact that we are in a soft market. Yeah. So well, I there, wonder there, if it isn't just business as usual. Well, there are still a lot of properties being built, so there are people who are riding out the storm. Um, I, and by the way, I'm sorry, uh, we have to call it a day there. Uh, we could talk about this for a lot longer. Uh, tune in next week. Me and Mustafa will be here.